In our short lives, it is inevitable that we shall experience the death of a loved one. Psychologists claim that there are five stages of grief, and for some to come to terms with the death of a partner, a son, a daughter, or a close friend may never be reconciled. We hear of many whose hearts are never settled, and who live a shadow of their former lives. Many fall into depression as a consequence, and others turn to drink and drugs to temporarily release their minds from the reminders associated in everyday life. Last year, my son Rahmatullah Ali passed away unexpectedly. The speed of his demise brought home the very basic fact that life in this world is fragile, and gave meaning to the oft-repeated phrase "Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi rajiun." To him we belong, and to him we shall return. In the hours and days that followed, we began to reflect upon Allah's gift that He bestowed upon us, but also how much we have prepared for our ultimate destination. I remember thinking that without Islam and a belief in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, how could anyone deal with such a calamity? This week, I've invited Dr. Yusuf Hajj Yusuf, a consultant anaesthetist. Who has seen death and its impacts close up? I ask Yusuf to help us to contextualize grief. How do we grieve, and what are the ideas that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gave us to help console our hearts? Brother Yusuf, Jazakallah Khair for being with us today. Now, Doctor Yusuf, you're a medical doctor. You're a, an anaesthetist. You work in intensive care, and you come across a lot of sick patients and.、Uh, Inevitably,、uh, some of those patients may pass away and meet their creator. I wonder whether death has become a normal routine for you, and and does the shock value that's associated with death, the you know the the、uh, surprise of death, now surprise you as a as a medical doctor? Yeah, I think death always a new experience or a reminder, as Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم he said. أكثر من ذكر هذه اللذات increase or increase your remembering هذه اللذات the destroyer the one who destroys life not life actually enjoyment enjoyment happiness or something and he said كفى بالموت واعزا الصاحب says الموت is enough as this as a teacher as a something to learn from so really I can't say Is something、uh, normal, but、uh, what I would say, death is a fact.、Uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said in Surah Zumar, "Inna kamiyyun." He was talking to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. "Inna kamiyyun wa inna humiyyun." You will be dead, and they will be dead. You will die; they will die. So it's a fact, and uh, always uh, amazed by this idea when I talk to non-Muslim about death, and they don't like. I have a special, not special, an experience. Somebody passed away from the hospital. Was working, and I was talking to the colleague. The way I used to talk to my brothers in Syria, if you like, or my brother with me, about death, and I realized he didn't like to talk about death. That made me uh, uh, think. When, listen, Subhanallah, everybody behave, or most of the people, let's say, behaving in front of this like not for me, like it doesn't exist. Despite if you think about the life and a human being. Many people deny existence of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This is atheist, by example, and we have many philosophical ideas in this world. So many people say deny Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala existence, and they say it doesn't exist. They're wrong, of course. But my point not here. My point: nobody deny death as an idea, but as a behavior. I think many, and even sadly, I would say some of us, even myself, sometimes. That's Allah alafiyah. May Allah forgive me. I mean, many people sometimes we forget this artifact, but it's a fact actually, and it's happening. And uh, uh, the definition of life, part of it is death. Actually, anybody alive is will. Will will die apart from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala who called His Himself Al Hayy Al Qayyum Al Hayy Al Hayy Alive is is eternal Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala anything apart from Allah will die human being cars trees river mountains everything will be and the human being has a special thing actually as Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala said in Surah Al Anbiya 
كله نفس الذائقة الموت every soul every human being will face death كله نفس الذائقة الموت ونبلوكم بالخير والشر فتنة and we will test you الله سبحانه وتعالى by خير and شر خير and شر which means what you like and what you hate what you like what you dislike فتنة as a test as a test like any test teacher university us. And you will come back to us, which means we're going to give you the reason. Everybody having this test. This life is about test, testing us. I mean, many ayat maybe will come across in when we, we're talking. So this cannot be uh, like uh, building a house or buying a car. It's much more deeper, actually. It's much more deeper. So uh, the, the main issue, how do we deal with death? We're going to die, and everybody will die. How are we going to deal with our death, coming days? And how we, how we deal with some other people, the relative from our own family, extended family, or friends, death? I think this is the, the, the main uh, question. And... Uh, he said, keep remembering this, because if you remember it while you're doing obedience, you will increase it. And that's true. If you're doing sunnah, if you remember this, you will make maybe two more, four more. If you give 10 pounds sadaqah, you remember this, you will make them 20 or 40. And he said, if you remember it in obedience, you will increase it. And if you remember it, and doing this will be that that's Allah Alafia. This will decrease it if you doing something not right and you remember this. This will stop you. So dhikr al-maut in Islam is essential, and Muhammad Sallallahu uh, uh, recommended and asked us to remember the day. So back to your question, Akhil Karim Jalal. Uh, this I think always we should take it really seriously and think about it because this is our uh, destiny and it has a lot of meaning means the test is over and now the time to wait to the, the result and the result not like an exam if you fail in uh, university you do it next year you have six months later or whatever or even if you lose all the university you might choose another job but this exam for one time and the result is very serious two results jannah paradise or Jahannam, Hellfire. Now, Dr. Yusuf, how do we contextualize death, uh, especially when someone unexpectedly passes away? Uh, it's often the case that uh, when an old person passes away, we somehow can can build a, uh, a context to that and we can reconcile in our minds that, you know, as they say in English, that, that person had a good innings. Uh, but of course, um, many deaths are unexplained or many deaths come as a shock to the families and, and the communities? Uh, I think the, the, the answer in the question, what I mean by that, unexpected. Well, I'm not, I'm doctor. I'm not expecting so and so. Let's say, I mean, by any, for any doctor, Muslim or non-Muslim, many times, if you ask any doctor, they will tell you, I wasn't expected so and so to die, but he passed away. And the opposite is right. I wasn't expecting this to survive, but he made it, actually. I mean, not he made it. I'm, I'm using the terminology we use it in hospital. And this is a fact. And you don't need to be a doctor. I mean, something relevant, they say, well, he had a really big accident, and nobody knows how he, I survived or how he survived, and the other way around. So the issue that's raised the question, uh, What's the role of our expectation? Does it have any role? <laughs> Indeed, no. It might have role statistically, but if we say statistically, I heard some English saying there is lie, big lies, and statistic. Statistic doesn't tell the truth, actually. I mean, because if you, you know, no matter what the percentage is way of figuring things out, but it's not definite. So even for any human being, you don't need a doctor. Our expectation, this is what I meant, the answer in the question. Our expectation doesn't have any serious role? No. It might have a role to organize society as a government, as a whatever. But it doesn't have a role for the individual. And this is a fact, especially if you are, I would say, especially if you are a doctor. Uh, indeed, uh, that's from reality. Of course, uh, we are Muslim and we took it as a Muslim and Islam explained the life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you never know what's happening tomorrow. It could be death. It could be earning million. It could be losing million. It could be anything. Al-ghayb 
unseen for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this part of Al-Qadha uh, Al-Qadha, which is beautiful things, beautiful in terms of truth, and we need it. And always I say to myself, even as a doctor, if you don't have belief in Al-Qadha Al-Qadha, and if you don't have the real, the right understanding as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, as Allah, that we have all of us is, you will need anti-depression. <laughs> you will be depressed with time. So the real treatment to depression and to grief, if you like, part of it, or to being sad, really, understanding qadha and qadha, what Allah rule, what is your rule, what uh, this life about, and not anti-depression tablet. Often when someone dies, we try to find reasons behind that death or we question our uh, inadequacies maybe we should have picked it up earlier maybe there was an illness there was a sign that we should have seen in in advance how do we reconcile that type of thinking uh, with the islamic concept of ajal the idea that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has fixed uh, a term for us all and we can't go beyond that time uh, that time span uh, by even a minute, let alone a day or a year? There is no difference between ulama, and even in the reality, it's really, we, we, we saw uh, rich people, Steve Jobs, by example, uh, he passed away, I think, in his 50s. Uh, we see death in UK for children, 12 years old, in Britain, in France, in Syria, in third world, in first world, I'm talking about healthcare. Children pass away, die from asthma attack in Britain, which is considered like very advanced in health care. So really, death doesn't know rich, uh, poor, ill, healthy, doesn't know anything like that. And Allah, or Muhammad, he said something very interesting. He said, in the rizqa la yatlubu al-mark kama yatlubuhu ajal. Uh, so uh, he said, uh, your rizq, your well, your, your rizq, uh, seeking you the way it is seeking you. So both of them seeking you. Uh, why we uh, sometimes, I mean, this may be not in the topic, but there is a small link, I would say. Some Muslim uh, chase rizq like it's not written for them and forget this. Indeed, in Islam, rizq and this, both of them is, they are written for you, determined. Rizq and Ajal, which means this, the end, the time, the hour of this, is already determined. Rizq is already written. Indeed, if you like, in Surah Al-Hadid, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, everything has written. Uh, and this, uh, we say, مَا أَصَابَ مُصِيبَةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنَّ بَرَأَهَا إِنَّ ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرٌ لِكَيْ لَا تَأْسَوْا عَلَى مَا فَاتَكُمْ وَلَا تَفْرَحُوا بِمَا آتَاكُمْ وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَارٍ فَقُولُوا إِذِ اسْأَلُوا اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى anything happen to you is already written in a book that's very easy for Allah سبحانه وتعالى it's very easy of course because Allah خالق الزمان والمكان Allah doesn't submit to زمان and مكان زمان شوين time and space are created are created by Allah سبحانه وتعالى and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala above this, he doesn't submit to them. We submit to them, to space and time. So it's very easy for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likayla, look at this, Akhi. Likayla, that you don't get depressed, get very saddened if you miss something. And you don't go uh, very happy, over happy, if you have some good things. So for both sides, that you don't, you very sudden, over sudden that you missed something or something happened like this, illness, losing money, what have you. Uh, that you don't go over happy if something you like happened to you. Allah doesn't lie. People who's taken a pride, I know my English, my English, not my first language. So the people who's pride and they think they made things to themselves. And because of them, the bad things happen. Now, uh, grief. Uh, when someone passes away, um, it is often said that there are stages of grief. Um, psychologists in the West, they talk about five stages of grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. And for some people, these stages can take a very long time. So... The first stage of denial may take many months, even many years. You hear of people who 
uh, they, uh, as a result of someone passing away, and you as a doctor, you receive this, I suppose, uh, they become very isolated and they deny the passing and, and they still believe the person is alive and will reappear one day, followed by anger, followed by uh, compromise and bargaining, and then followed by depression. And that may take many years for a person to, to go through. In fact, someone may spend the rest of their lives in these stages. Now, I, these stages may or may not be correct, uh, but, but we do see in the reality people think like this, right? How does Islam contextualize grief when someone passes away who's close to us? How does Islam help us to heal? I will mention some reality. I worked in Syria first of all for a few years, and I trained, I started my training in Syria. I remember at that time when somebody passed away in the intensive care or in the hospital under operation. We used to tell them we did what we could as a doctor, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided something different. And uh, uh, we remind them that this is what is written. And we, we and you explain the situation linked to Islam. Of course, yeah, we can't say this because people are not Muslim. So the reaction of people there used to be more controlled, generally speaking. Here, as you said, from statistics, from, as a psychiatrist said, in this five stage and depression and so on, uh, it does happen, actually. And I always see when I am anesthetist, people tell me, doctor, please wake me up from anesthetic, by example. I feel, well, I say, well, I'll put this on my telephone. I, I don't know what to say, actually. Uh, basically, they say, and don't let me die. I believe it's not in my hand. I do what the alim, what science says, and uh, you, you should be all right from my point of view. But if something, but, um, my, my point, people think doctors are in charge of life. We're not, actually. And I've seen many doctors, big doctors and Muslim, when things go... Uh, the ways they're not expecting. They use this word, we're not God. They tell the patient, you know, they say, sorry, this happened. Indeed, we're not God. Some, some atheists say this, we're not God. What does it mean? They admit that they, they, they don't, they're not in charge of life and death. Now, according to the Sunnah, it is uh, the practice that three days after someone passes away, there should be condolences and uh, family and the wider community come together and offer their condolences to the family of the deceased. In the West, we hear a lot about grieving alone and, and uh, for the person who's faced such a calamity to contextualize the death, uh, give them some space is what we hear in, in the West. So what's the thinking behind this almost communal experience where a person has to meet with others during this quite critical period when someone passes away. And now, c coming to Islam, the sunnah of uh, saying Aza when you go to say condolence to somebody, you say, or to what you say to yourself, actually, you say, Inna lillahi ma akhar, wa inna lillahi ma akhar, al tasbur wal tahtasib. When you uh, say Aza to somebody, uh, you say, uh, to Allah belong what he has taken, which means the dead person. You might uh, say this to father lost his child, to son lost his father or sister. Well, I mean, any. You say, Inna lillahi. this is a real idea, not nice saying. It's a fact. It's nice, of course, but it's a fact. Inna lillahi ma akhad. Uh, to Allah, uh, is belong to Allah what he has taken, the dead person. And initially, it's to him what he has given. Be patient. And we'll mention what's the meaning of sabr here from other ayah. But I, before mentioning the meaning of sabr, I will say this uh, lady, I think Umm Sulaim, her name, her husband was away, and when he came, uh, while he's away for, for a long period, his son, beloved son, passed away. When her uh, husband, the father, uh, came back, she told him, the way she told him, actually, she told imagine we have borrowed something from our neighbor. And they asked uh, to have it back. What do you say about this? He said, that's normal. Of course. Of course, they should have it back. And she told him, 
Allah has taken his, what he has followed us. He has taken back his, our son. Uh, what a beautiful understanding and deep understanding. He gave them this son and he took it back. Akhi Jalal, if you think about it, have we created our heart? Have we given ourselves our brain? Have we given us ourselves our blood, our oxygen, our airs, the gravity, the eyes? So it's given by given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ourself and the others. Did I give did I, have I created my son? Have I created his heart, his eyes, his hair? his body, his oxygen, his stomach, everything. So this understanding makes us very close to Umm Sulaim, radiyallahu anha. When you say, is, is Muhammad sallallahu Jalal, lost his son Ibrahim. He taught us how to deal. He said, Wallahi, he made qasam by Allah, إِنَّ الْقَلْبَ لَا يَحْزَنُ Heart is seven. وَإِنَّ الْعَيْنَ لَتَدْمَعُ Tears in the eye. We're sad that we've lost you, Ibrahim, son of Muhammad Sallallahu he said, but we'll never say anything upset Allah. He didn't say, say upset Allah. He said, we will not say but things please Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, which means the understanding of, of course, we're a human being. When brothers in blood or in Islam or son or father passed away, we still, uh, it's, it's not good news, it's sad news, but it's very limited. We know where to stop. We know how to deal. And our society, Muslim, and I think we will come across this, by the help of the other, the Islamic way of dealing with this, condolence, al-aza in the Arabic language, uh, listening to brothers, spending three days, and so on, burying early, all of this, it does help to keep it in the right, the frame. So the three days gives you some closure, but also it enables you to meet with other Muslims, uh, uh, other members of the community who can uh, give you some context and who can remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remind you of uh, the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still has has given you. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I suppose it, it, it allows you to uh, to move on with your life, uh, but at the same time, speaking about the issue uh, gives you some comfort that you know you can remember the the good things uh, about the the deceased and uh, the uh, good times that you had had with them. I'll, I'll, I will suggest my yani from my own experience. I lost my father, Rahmatullahi, uh, three years ago. And I know many friends lost uh, their beloved. And uh, Muhammad recommended us to go to condolence and receive condolence. So, uh, and I'll uh, yani, try to, because uh, I'm not sure what the ulama uh, said, but I would say uh, myself, when my, uh, or let's talk about condolence actually. Muhammad uh, said, the wolf. When we when he attacks the sheep, he attacks the sheep alone on her own. He doesn't go to the middle of the sheep, you know, called the troop of the sheep. He takes the one behind. So Islam doesn't like people initially to stay on their lawn. And we know from our experience, if you're alone, the whispers of shaitan become stronger and increased. So, and Islam says, Keep yourself with the people who's getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, in Islam, being alone is not a concept of Islam at all. And when death happens, we need a reminder. As Muhammad heart is sudden, is not right to stay in your own because you increase the whisper of shaitan, you empower him, actually. And the Islamic life always with people, actually, in masjid. And Islam deen jama'i is, is, is a society deen, it's not individual deen. In masjid, in siyam, in eid, in every single aspect. So initially, Islam, not to be in your own, actually. Sharing, inviting people, guests, many things. Assalamu alaikum, afshu salama bainakum. 
Everything actually is, 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 is about society, not being on your own. So in, in this, you might feel this even more important and more uh, necessary to, to, be, to, to, to not stay on your own if you're somebody facing death from your relative. Or if you are a Muslim, you should be, give condolence uh, to, to, to uh, other uh, people. Uh, so this keeps your thinking um, in the right. Doesn't leave you alone, as I said, to the whisper of shaitan when you remind the other. Because when we have this uh, death, we might getting weaker, or we might forget the idea of Islam. We might, uh, and brother around us will remind us. Brothers coming, loving us. And uh, they mention, uh, I mean, Islam, as Muhammad and I mentioned the hadith, the sunnah of Aza, we say, inna lillahi wa inna What's the meaning of inna lillahi To Allah we belong. To Allah, you, Jalal, me, Yusuf. Your son, I mean, we know your son, Muhammad, subhanahu passed away. I mean, inna lillahi is, is an idea, is a fact. It's not only nice saying. It's not automatic saying. Inna lillahi, we belong to Allah. Me, Yusuf, you, Jalal, you uh, belong to Allah. You owned by Allah. Muhammad, rahimahullah, belong to Allah. My father belonged to Allah. When I remember my father belonged to Allah, it made me wake up from my uh, rubbish thinking or sudden thinking, actually. My dad belonged to Allah. He doesn't belong to me. My son doesn't belong to me. And we know, I mean, we, we have, as I said earlier, we haven't created them. We haven't given them a heart. We haven't given them the oxygen, heartbeat, breathing, everything. Kidneys. So, inna lillah, we belong to Allah. We own by Allah. We are in the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa inna ilayhi raja'un. We're returning back to him. And he's going to ask us. We might be stubborn by this idea. We belong to Allah. We should not. We must not. But inna ilayhi raja'un. Can we get away from Allah? Simply, no, we can't. We die, all of us. And we're coming back to Allah. So, in the Lord, it wakes you up. It makes your sudden and as Muhammad your heart will be sad. And you will cry, that's fine, he said. But we will never say anything might upset Allah. We'll say but things pleasing Allah. And you can say in it keeps you in the right framework. We belong, we own Allah. Surah Al-Mulk, Akhi, Tabda, Tabaraka, Alladhi, Biyadihi, Al-Mulk, Wahuwa, Ala, Kulli, Shay'i, Qadir. Tabaraka, I don't know how to pronounce it, Tabaraka, Tabaraka, Allah, Alladhi, Biyadihi, Al-Mulk, the one who has ownership, the real mulk, the real ownership. Wahuwa, Ala, Kulli, Shay'i, Qadir. He decides everything. And listen what he said. Listen. You, Jalal, and the people who is going to listen. Listen to Allah says, The one who created the death and the life. Subhanallah, he said this before life. He's testing you who are the best deed, the best action. The forgiveness. This is the first ayah and the second ayah of Surah Al-Mulk, Surah Tabarakah. This is the purpose of life. And this, testing you. When you take that Allah testing us in, every, in our discussion, in our buying food, uh, growing up, looking after our children, ourselves, is just this. Now we hear about people who can't come to terms with death and... Um they uh, fall into deep depression or they fall into into sorrow and they become shadows of their former lives and um, they fall out of work and, and uh, social relationships. Uh, how does a Muslim help himself? How do we help Muslims who may be impacted by death to such a degree that they can't function anymore as, as, uh, as social beings? This is a fact, and we, we must deal. We don't have an evolution, by the way. I mean, when you mentioned the, the five stages, then acceptance. I mean, after one year, two years, three years, four years, you accept it. What can you do? Can you uh, return the dead person back? No, you can't. You will die. As I said, 
And we accept this, you know, when Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed away, Amr al-Khattab has forgot the ayah, Amr al-Khattab, Muhammad al-Rasulun, قد خلت من قبله الرسل أفعل مات أو قتل انقلبتم على أعقابكم. When Abu Bakr mentioned this ayah, Amr himself, he was very saddened by Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's death. But the Quran brought him back and he said, like this is the first time I heard this ayah and he got it right. We Muslims, we don't deny the fact, we're human beings. We don't deny uh, this, but we know the reality of this. And I'll mention something small. Not small, it's big, actually. Once I remember when I was in Syria, we were in Majlis Aza, Majlis Aza which means uh, condolence uh, sitting. Something. Yeah, yes, the condolence wake. Uh, we call it a wake in, in English. And somebody passed away. And the... There is traditional things people say when uh, they say every now and then rah, which means he's gone about the days. So they say rah, you know, well, uh, if there is silence, somebody say rah. So somebody said rah, which means he's gone. So a brother, I remember him very well. His name is Mazin, actually. He said spontaneously, uh, so when this uh, brother said rah, he's gone, he said, we are still actually. And I love this. I loved it because this is not exception, actually. The exception is that we stay. If you think about it, Jalal, uh, when you say Muhammad has gone, yes, has gone. But which one is the exception? That he's gone, that we going to die, or we staying? It's the exception we staying. I think it's, it's a fact, is it? Do you agree with me? Yeah, that's a very, very profound point, brother. The, the, the exception is staying. The role, death, dying, all of us will dying. And we're not going to cry. I mean, some people doesn't like to talk about death. I mean, when we're alive, when we mention when I die. And I try to encourage my children, actually. They don't like when I say, when I die. Sometimes to make it easier, I say, after two million years, when I die. Is that better? <laughs> well, it could be one day, it could be two days, it could be three days. Uh, the, uh, the way we approach Islam is a fact. Yes, as a heart, as a tears, we do this, but it's very uh, in the right uh, size, in the right way, based on the fact uh, of this life and the fact we can see it. But before this, in the light of Quran, uh, this is a fact and haq, truth that is happening. When we meet someone whose family member has passed away, we often remind them to have sabr and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us when we come across a calamity uh, to be a sabirun to be those who have sabr uh, can you explain sabr because uh, I often find uh, it's difficult to uh, many people misunderstand what sabr is uh, some say sabr is uh, to have a stiff upper lip as they say in English and, and not to cry and not to show emotion on your face uh, towards the deceased, uh, and to continue almost ignoring the um, the reality of of the passing. How does a Muslim uh, view sabr, and and what are the limits of grieving when it comes to when it comes to sabr? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in this beautiful ayah, all ayat are beautiful. But I mean, for this subject, He said. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْسِ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنْفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ This is Surah Al-Baqarah. We are going to test you by something of fear and hunger, وَنَقْسِ مِنَ الْأَنْفُسِ Reducing of souls, which means death, وَالثَّمَرَاتِ Results. You might work, you don't get the result. وَنَقْسِ مِنَ الْأَنْفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Break the good news. To the sabirin, to the patient. Oh Allah, you're talking about death and hunger and fear. Where is the good news? But Allah says, He explained it. He said, وَبَشِّرْ الصَّابِرِينَ Like, listen the meaning of sabirina. الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ When they have one of these musibah, they say, وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ Now we come back to the saying, everybody said it in front of this, and it could be said in front of everything. Everything, if you lose money. But even if you have a lot of money, if you have bad news, good news, you can say it. إِنَّا لِلَّهِ We own by Allah, we control by Allah, our bliss by Allah, everything. 
And we're going back to Allah. That keeps you in the right path. You don't go mad from happiness and you don't go mad from sadness. And then he said, those, here is mean increasing uh, their degree, lifting their, raising their degree, and blessing. Those who are, those, the guided people, these people are guided, who say, but not as a saying, because after 1400 years, sometimes I'm worried, even Arab people, even myself in the past, I asked Allah to learn and everybody to learn to understand. We sometimes I felt myself, I said, like, uh, like recorder, like you play. Uh, like YouTube or in the No, it has a deep meaning. We belong to Allah. So the sabr, if you have this, you will have good news. And always, uh, uh, I remember this hadith, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, for some people, he has written a high degree, a high level, very raised level in the Jannah. But this man, this is a human being, will not reach to this uh, position, high position, by his deed, by his tahajjud, by his siyam, nafila, by... So what Allah does to him, he tests him. But with his test, he gives him sabr. And by giving him sabr, he will raise his position. And always I remember, remind myself, and I remind... I remind you, Jalal, I remind myself, remind everybody having, uh, facing death in his family or friends or anybody close to them to remember this hadith, that this could be a way, it must be actually, I would say, as a Muslim, but there is an option to be increasing your degree in the eye of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the akhirah or decrease it, la qadrullah. We remember this lady who was uh, crying because she lost her husband. And Muhammad sallallahu he said, uh, don't do that. She didn't know him at that time. She said, anni, faqad faqad to zawji. Sort of, anni, I would not say go away, but it's very close to go away. Or leave me alone, let's say. She said, leave me alone. I've lost my husband. And Muhammad sallallahu carried on. People told her, have you known who's that? That's Muhammad Sallallahu That's the messenger of Allah. So this lady felt shy. She ran. She followed Muhammad Sallallahu said, sort of, uh, you know, I didn't know you. And Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, the real sabr when you receive the news, not 10 minutes later, not 10 days later. And this was something we need to prepare ourselves. But the real sabr, the real ajr, which means the real reward, when you react straight away, not after 10 days or after 10 minutes even. So more you close to deal with uh, death news or uh, any bad news, more you are uh, doing sabr and more you will have, inshallah, this meaning of hadith Muhammad Sallam. Uh, it could be uh, you, you have an option to make your degree in the eye of Allah and the akhirah higher and higher and I'll uh, end with this, this bit with this hadith there is hadith Man whoever is blind in this dunya and he have good sabr good patient he will go to jannah always I have this scenario in my, in my mind when we see any blind we say poor man and of course it's difficult to be uh, blind but if he, this man has sabr Allah Muhammad this hadith says he's, he's having jannah so always the other scenario I say, in Jannah, I'm sure if we ask this man, this blind man, and he's, he, has, he had sabr, and we will ask him, what's the best thing happened to you? He said, the best thing, I was blind. Well, basically blind was sabr. And the sunnah is to bury the dead very quickly. Uh, why, do we, why do we do that? Is there a reason given in the Islamic texts? I'll, I'll give you uh, some understanding, basically my understanding. I'm saying this because really I don't, uh, I can't remember, I read and I'm not sure if there is something given and is something given by Muhammad or Quran. Of course, these are right things or ulama. But I remember when my father, rahimahullah, passed away. I was here in Britain, actually, and this was in 2013. 
And uh, he passed away in 22nd of October. I was there in September, actually. He had a stroke, alhamdulillah. When I, uh, they told me he passed away, I tried to go there. And we know Syria, since oh, 11, is difficult to go there. I was really very keen to go. But uh, this was, he passed away uh, late night. Next day, uh, the whole time he was buried. And I was really very keen to go. I mean, يعني, I, I, can't, I could not imagine anything for me to go, subhanAllah. I was my father. But when my uh, brother told me we buried him, subhanAllah, I felt, I waked up. I've waken up, Allah. This is my own experience. I feel, listen, because my mother, my brother don't come. Why are you coming? I mean, it's difficult. You know, the border and all things, terror and what have you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy. I just don't come. But I, I wasn't convinced. But when he told me, we've just buried him. So I would say uh, burying the death makes us realistic, if you like. I don't know if it's the right English. Yeah, maybe maybe we can say it gives us closure. Deal with it. By the way, there's something very important. Very, very important. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Hadith Qudsi, إِنِّي لَا أُكْرِمُ بِدُنْيَا أُعْطِيهَا وَلَا أُهِينُ بِدُنْيَا أَخُذَهَا وَلَكِنْ أُكْرِمُ بِطَاعَةِ وَأُهِينُ بِمَعْصِرَةِ It's not a sign of my love to somebody giving them dunya. And it's not a sign of my dislike, dislove, or hate somebody by taking dunya away. My sign, the sign of my love to somebody giving them obedience, giving them ta'at. And my anger of somebody giving them disobedience, masiyah. The sign of love means sabr. If you have sabr, know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you. Even if he takes your son away, even if he takes your father away, even if you are poor, you try to work, that's fine. You go and seek treatment. By the way, I can give you many hadiths about seeking treat, treatment. But it's treatment, and I would say this as a doctor. Muhammad Sallallahu And Tadawi is not obligatory, by the way. The opinion I take it is recommended. But look at this beautiful hadith. Who explained the medical school and the job of doctors. And I'm very happy to say it as a human being, first of all, and secondary as a doctor. Seek treatment, O Ibadullah, the slave of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He didn't send any illness unless He sent a cure for it. So there is cure. He said, If the right treatment uh, prescribed to the right or done to the right illness, you will get cured. But Hassan didn't say full stop. He said he will get it cured by the mercy of Allah. And really, all the medical school to get the right treatment to the right illness, which means diagnosis, knowing what's the illness, and know what the treatment. This is our job in medical school as doctor and health system. And he said you will be cured, but he didn't. Stop. He said, Bi'ithnillah, by the mercy of Allah. Army, as I said earlier, many cases with get the diagnosis right, and I think you are some one of them, Ahmadullah And he got the right treatment, and he didn't make it, simply because it's, it's Amrullah. So if you go sudden, I mean, if somebody goes really too much, it's like, you now you're objecting Allah action. You, 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 you see, even if somebody make mistake as doctor, you have the right to sue them, by the way. But you don't have the right to sue Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You might say, why are you giving the, you didn't get it right? And this is a job of JMC. They question us. But not about, even here in Britain, not about the result. When they question us about complaining, this, have you followed the right to treatment? You told the, the GMC, the Royal College of so on and so on recommended, or you did some mistake. They, 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 even in Britain, which is a secular state, they don't, account you about the result. You say, I did this because I saw this. And they say, yeah, you're right. They, didn't, uh, they are not going to feel to, 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 to find guilty. But if you miss something from the knowledge you learn in medical school, you will feel, you, will feel, you might accuse negligent or doing mistake and so on. So uh, uh, back to the point I started, going very sudden, it's like you're questioning uh, Allah or objecting his action because this is the same way, by the way. Ruzza, if somebody poor, he should work, he should seek work, he should try, but he can't say, as Qarun said, I made it. When you make money, even a lot of money, Qarun, very rich, 
his mistake, not very rich, his mistake is I made it, I'm very clever, very smart, very sharp, I know business, that's haram. One last question, actually, Dr. Yusuf. Um, at the graveyard, when uh, when we go and visit the dead, uh, what is it that we're trying to achieve when we uh, visit the dead? And, and how should one conduct oneself when uh, visiting the graveyard? Muhammad uh, he said, when you go to graveyard, say, As-salamu alaykum, ahle diyar, antum as-sabiquna, wa insha'Allah, bikum lahiqoon. Ghafar Allahu, you say assalamu alaikum. You say assalamu alaikum, ahlul diyar, the people of the graveyard. You went before us. Your sabiquna, yeah, you went to this before us. And we are following you. Look at this beautiful. I mean, I invite myself, even Arabic people, and I'm from Syria, Arabic speaker, not Arabic nationality, I'm Muslim. Uh, and even with translation, to go deeply with the meaning. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the way, by the way, Arabic, the meaning of Arabic in Arabic, which means clear, the meaning is clear, the meaning. Arabic is not national language, it's way of explaining. So, uh, there is a fact, a huge fact here. You died before us, and we're joining you, so you remember your own days. When you see somebody passed away, you should remember your own. Yeah? We ask Allah forgiveness for you and for us. And this is the same meaning to inna lillah wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Which means you've come, we're following you. We're joining you soon. Tomorrow, 10 years and 20 years. By the way, the Muslim doesn't say how many years. His question not how many years. His question how many good actions. How many good action in And this is the meaning. The other thing about Muhammad he said, I uh, stopped you to visit, uh, I asked you in the past to stop, do not visit graveyard. Now, no, go and visit. So it's recommended to visit for the same meaning. It does remind, remind, remind you about your own taste. Yusuf, Jalal, Muhammad, Mustafa, Hussein, everybody. When you go to grave, right, you think, I'll be there, I'll be here. Because when you see your son, your father, your friend, well, yesterday we were together, last year we were together, he's there. I mean, I'll be there. It's just like, the, like a fact. So Muhammad recommended to visit us. And as I said, there is a saying, I'm not sure it's hadith, it's more than enough, it's enough, this, as a, to learn from, as a teacher, as a, taking knowledge from it. Teach you, and how's I selling this hadith as far as I remember? Keep remembering that. Because as I said earlier, if you remember it while you're doing obedience, you will increase it. If you remember it while doing not obedience, you will stop it or reduce it. This ayah, back to Surah Al-Mulk, we said earlier, maybe five, seven ayah later, they say, Allah subhanahu wa mentioned about Ahlul. النار, the people of Jahannam, the people of Hellfire, وقالوا لو كنا نسمع أو نعقل ما كنا في أصحاب السعير. They would say, they said, I mean, this is another evidence, by the way, that Allah doesn't submit to Zaman because He's created Zaman. He وقالوا, He's talking about the Akhirah, but in the past tense, when we say about tomorrow, we say, I will do that. Subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, they said, the people of Jannah. If we were thinking, if we were using our mind, sorry, if we are hearing, we have hearing. And if you're thinking, we will not be here. We will not be in Jahannam. So if you're thinking, they are thinking should say, my son is here. So tomorrow I'll be, be myself. My friend is here. My father is here. Yesterday he was here. Last year he was here. So it, it reminds you about yourself. And that's what it gives you ta'ad and gives you the real thing. If you're after money, you'll say, oh, that's too much. I need to give sadaqah. If you're after position, career, you think, listen, I, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you do your job in best way. Not really being obsessed by career, being manager, what have you, like the priority of priority. 
Dr. Yusuf Haj Yusuf, Jazakallah Khair, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reunite you with your father and, and all your relatives in Jannatul Firdaus, inshallah. And your son and you and all of us with Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Abu Bakr and Umar. And what uh, the better, I mean, if you allow me uh, this, أخي, I don't know what, is, 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 is a time, يعني, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says in Surah Al-Hajr, uh, Surah Al-Hujr, عفواً, إِنَّ الْمُتَّقِينَ فِي جَنَّاتٍ وَعِيُونَ ادْخُلُوهَا بِسَلَامٍ آمِنِينَ وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ ما ونزعنا ما في صدورهم من غل اخوانا على سرور متقابلين الله تلك اس ذا بيبل اوف جنه المتقين متقي تقوى ان المتقين في جنات وعيون جنات وينو جنات بارادايس ان عيون سبرين ادخلوها بسلام انتر ات بيسفولي امنين سكيور سيف اند بيسفول ونزعنا ما في قلوبهم من غل وي ريموف فروم ذيم اني غريتشز اني باد فيلينغ اخوانا ونزعنا ما في صدورهم من غل اخوانا براذرز على سرور اون سوفاز اون تشيرز اون نايس سوفاز متقابلين يونو متقابلين وش مين ذا اوبوزيت ايتش اذر وين يو هاف نايس سيتينغ متقابلين This is what we want, and this is the real life. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be with Muhammad sallallahu with Umar and Abu Bakr and the Sahaba and the Shuhada. And there is a dua, by the way, that I didn't mention, alhamdulillah, I remember it before we finish. Uh, from the sunnah, when you give condolence to somebody, you say, Allah, as'alullah, I ask Allah to, let me say it in Arabic, then in English, بس الله سبحانه أن يبدله دارا خيرا من داره وأهلا خيرا من أهله. You say like I'm telling you now about Muhammad or about my father or you want to say it to anybody. We say we ask Allah to give Muhammad a dar, a house better than his house, his house in Luton, which means we ask Allah to give him paradise much better than Luton and give him people better than his people, which means Who's better than Jalal? Surely Muhammad and Yusuf. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Because there's evidence from Allah. And we ask Allah for Jalal this. We ask Allah for myself. That give us a house better than our house. No matter how high the house big, but paradise is better. And we ask Allah to give us people better than our own people. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, shuhada, anbiya, Isa, Musa, Abu Bakr, shuhada. So we ask Allah, all of us, to give us house better than our house and people than, better than our own people. And we ask that our families, our children, our father, with Muhammad sallallahu and with the anbiya and the shuhada and the siddiqeen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi. Jazakallah khair, Akhi Jalal, and barakallah. Uh, 